Welcome to Across the Park podcast, a football podcast on both Everton and Liverpool Football Club, produced by six mates, the three Reds, Gary, Phil and Terry, and the three Blues, myself, Millsy, Judgy and Craig. Each Monday, we release our latest show. We will discuss the ongoing matters with both teams, whether it be good or bad, opposing views, opinions, banter and debate. We are proud to be a family-friendly football podcast and you can find more about us on our website, www.acrosstheparkpodcast.co.uk. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss a show on your preferred podcast listening app and make sure you give us a follow on our social media. Twitter is Across the Park PC, Instagram is Across the Park PC and Facebook search Across the Park. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Just before we get into this week's episodes, we do have a very special guest as part of the Blues this week, Alfie from Alfie's Squad. Such an amazing young guy who's, who set up a, well, helped set up a charity to help children bereaved by suicide. Uh, he, he was talking all things Everton, Liverpool, Napoli, Alfiepedia. He knew everything about football. And we we're honoured to have him in the studio as one of the Blues. Just to let you know, at the end of the show, he does talk in depth about the charity. Um, so we really do appreciate it if you go on to his website at the end, donate. Um, it was such a privilege to have have him in as part of the Blues, but here's the episode. Enjoy. Hello, welcome to episode seven of season two of Across the Park podcast. Phil and Terry are the two gloating reds this week. Myself and Judgy are the disappointed Blues, joined by a very special guest, Alfie from Alfie's squad. Alfie, thanks for joining us on Across the Park. Um, thanks for having me. Oh, delighted. We're going to talk some football in a bit, Everton. We're going to talk about the amazing work you do with your charity, but... Unfortunately, the rule goes, who plays first? We talk about first. Liverpool played first this weekend. Phil, yep. five points clear. It's done, isn't it? <laughs> it's far from done. Uh, last season, we lost a, a larger lead than that with less games to go. So, no one's saying that. But to be five five points clear after five games, we couldn't have we couldn't have wished for that. Couldn't have hoped for more. So, it's amazing, amazing start. And long, long may it continue. But, um, no, we had an early scare yesterday, didn't we? Um, but... I, I was never worried and it looked like the players weren't worried the fans weren't worried the man, manager wasn't worried because we've got that firepower up front when we need it um, I think the first place to start in, in talking about the Newcastle game is the lineup. so there was a couple of surprise eyebrow raising selections for me it, it, with the Rigi start and, and the Ox um, and I think potentially the injury to Origi uh, helped us didn't it yeah, I mean, uh, when I seen the lineup and I seen that it was Origi, you know, it, it's a weird one. I still can't really put my finger on what his what his place is. You know, sort of. I think he, he's definitely an impact player to bring on rather than want to start. I, uh, whenever he starts, I just I watch him and I just think I, it just it does degrade us as a side. Yeah. He's just not as good as them as as that front three, and you know that's not his fault. But no. I'm I'm not sure that he's the answer, like to sort of bring on when when we're trying to rotate that. You know, I I, I personally think I would prefer maybe to push like a Salah or a Mane into the nine and put Chikiri on the right or something rather than put Origi on because I just don't I don't know I, I, Do I, I just don't get the sense of what he's a wide player. Like he's he isn't a wide player. No, no, but I'm not really sure that he's good enough to lead the line and be really central and deny space for Mane and Salah to run into yeah. and stuff. So I don't like him receiving the ball with his back to goal either. So in yeah. some ways I prefer him out wide where he can use his pace. But, but, uh, and, but that's the thing though. It's, he uses pace, but for me, he uses it in quite a simple sort of way. It's just yeah. like head down and run down the line. And yeah. that's, that's great to bring on when you need leg, will and yeah. legs at the end when you, you know, you need to stretch the opposition and sort of chase some doggies into the corner and stuff like that. But for me, it's not, it's not, it's not, 
from the start, for me, it's just I just feel like it makes us a worse side when well, he it's starts. Well, it's going to. Almost any player and any striker in yeah, the world, exactly, football's yeah. going to gonna lessen us. It, it's not just about how good are you, are you as good as Bobby or whatever. No, it's, no. it's also like the chemistry that them three have got. Like you, you can't really replicate that with anyone else, no matter how good they no, are. No, and he, he's a willing runner and he'll give you energy, but he gives you he doesn't give you the energy that Bobby does, you know, or any of them in terms of the pressing and stuff like that. It's just just not, not as intelligent a player as them. And I, I, I definitely think it... It does harm us, uh, you know. So it, it was one of them when I seen it. I was a bit like, oh, you know, I'm not not really. Does it does it give the opposition a bit of a bit of an edge as well? I, I think it does. You know, if you're you're in that team and you're looking at it thinking, okay, the the front three's been broken up. They've got Rigi instead of Firmino. Yeah. Suddenly, I think you think if we get a goal in front, maybe they won't be the same type of force. And I think like. Like you say, until Firmino did enter the fray, you didn't look like you had that same edge. They just. Yeah, no. and I wonder if it affects the rest. You know, the other nine, the other apart from Origi, the other ten players. Are, are they thinking Liverpool players? I'm talking about. Are they thinking mm, we're not quite the same here? They, they're not as confident, maybe. But I mean, you know, we should be able to get the job done with the other two on the pitch. Origi's not a terrible player. No, he, but he isn't. you can see the difference when Bobby. You, you, you can see the difference, and you know, it, so it was a surprise to see that selection. Um, you I know, think me and you have always long been advocates of bring them players on, don't start them. Yeah. And you know, I still don't know why we don't, but we have got, I think it's uh, seven, seven games in 21 days. 23 days, I think, and, and obviously Firmino has travelled all over the States to play two, two games for Brazil and played in them both. So I can understand, you know, the motivation for Klopp to do that, but I'd rather play him for an hour and take him the off. The thing is, though, if it's only 1-0 after an hour or... Were drawing or something like that, you can't take them off, can you? So then they never get the rest of you do that way, I suppose. But, you know, it, it, you're seeing how, how how important was it, and he's ended up having to play an hour anyway. Yeah. So it's, it's yeah. one of them. It's like you know, I just don't, yeah. I, I, I don't want, I wouldn't, I don't want to see us. I think you mentioned it. You know, Mick mentioned it on an instant match reaction the other yeah. week. It's, it, it's not game. It's it's not game management. It's time management, and that yeah. means you know you, you're not trying to rotate players to save them for games. Yeah, you're trying to rotate players time. You know, sort of like. Yeah. Get them on the pitch, get the game won, then get them off for half an hour to go, Definitely. as opposed to like sort of doing it the other way around. But so that was so that was one sort of surprise, and then the other one, the Oxley Chamberlain. I mean, I know you, you you've got a slightly different opinion of him so far this season. Like some in some of the games, you felt that he'd been a bit lackluster. I thought he was good against uh, in the Southampton one. You had yeah. a slightly different opinion on it. Um, yeah. Maybe, yeah, yeah. I, I think I'm, I was maybe over critical when I watched it the first time. I thought that, but when I watched it back, he did have a better game. But that's one yeah. since his injury for me, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think that's fair, yeah. So <laughs> it's not unusual for, for us to rotate our midfield. So I wasn't surprised to see Chamberlain come in, really. But it's just two of them, it changes your front five, then doesn't it, really? Because Ox plays in the most advanced position of the midfield. So you know, you're taking two out of your, your, your you know, your attacking line up there. So uh, and I think we suffered for it. I don't think Ox had his best game. I think he was loose on the ball. Yeah. So some of the touches were really, really poor for me. And that, that's sort of like what I see when I see the Ox having a bad game. Um, Gary mentioned on the instant match that he singled out Ox for some praise. And I think what Gary's seen and why, why he did that was he, he saw something different from the Ox that the other boys don't offer, which he was getting on the ball, he was driving and, driving and shooting from, from range. Um, but, you know... I was saying Harry Wilson does that really well. He's probably got a better shot from range. So what's the di- what's the difference? He's yeah, on I think there's an experience level of differences. I mean, one's well, a fully experienced England okay, international so with a, you know probably hundred odd appearances. I suppose in the so, but that's just like a throwaway comment because what does experience get you? I bet don't give it away. 
take better touches. Yeah, but, yeah I mean, no, you've, all the things he's doing wrong. Yeah, but the thing is, you've got to temper the fact. You know, he has been out for a long time, so there's a sharpness element. You know, yeah, and maybe he looks really sharp in, in training, but then on match days, it's just he's just not quite at that level yet. It's so it, it's not shown. So you know. It, it's one of them. I take the point. He didn't have a great game, but there is a le- an element of drive in, in that midfield. And maybe Klopp's looked at it as, I'm going to take Bobby out and put a Rigi in, so I'll lose a little bit of the attacking impetus from the front three, but I'll put a little bit more of attacking impetus from the midfield yeah. rather than have a Henderson, Wijnaldum and Fabinho midfield, which, you know, as good as Henderson can play when he's in that attacking midfield role, he still doesn't drive at, at teams, no. you know what I mean? And yeah. it's shots from, from distance. No. So... You know, I can sort of see why Klopp's gone down that route, but again, it, it's just one of them games where maybe Oxley Chamber just isn't quite ready. Yeah. Um, but there were bits that I, I, I did like, but as you say, it was the simple stuff that was going wrong. That the, the touch wasn't as sharp, and and the, the simple passes were going astray. And normally, as well, I would give players leeway, especially after the situation he's been in. But it just feels like in this league with this level of competition with Man City, it just feels like there's ha- there's, there's almost no room for it. Well, yeah. f- f- there is at the moment because well, we're getting away with it, aren't yeah, we? So we are, it's like, yeah. you know, at, at the end of the day, it's another game where he's got nearly an hour into his leg. Yeah. So, you know, f- we can't really grumble, can we? It's yeah. like he's been on the pitch, you know what I mean? I know he's not have a great game, but at the moment it isn't quite hurting us. So, look, there's a lot of positives to get on to, but while we're, on, while we're just discussing a couple of negatives, let's just talk about the Newcastle goal. Um, Trent. Really poor. So, obviously, the, the obvious thing to do as a fullback in that position is show the man on the outside, but it was a very quick shift. And as soon as he got that little bit of space, he banged it, didn't he? No, no. I, I, I'll say that point there where you just said you want to show him on the outside, that's their left-back. He's left-footed. He wants to go down the outside. Trent on the right thing and showing him inside because it's like show mm-hmm. him into traffic and basically say, what are you going to do on your weaker foot? And to be fair, the lads hit an absolute peach into the top top bin. But what Trent's done wrong is, firstly, he gets attracted to the ball on the cross-field pass when he doesn't need to go there because Matip's there. Then he's got to backtrack and get into position. Yeah. And then when he gets set and he does show him inside, it's the right thing to do. He shows him inside, static though. He's standing still, basically shaping his body to Square. say, go ahead, go inside. But he's not actually closing that distance to the player as he's doing it. And that's the naivety and the little bit of inexperience I think he still shows as a fullback. Like, I'm not saying I'm any type of fullback, but I've always played there. You've got to close that gap to the player as well as show him. You know what I mean? You can't, you can't show him and then go, what are you going to do? It's got to be, you're going on that side. And I'm going to close that distance down to you as well to make it even more difficult. Don't you think it was a very fast shift, though? It's like it was a brilliant little piece of movement to the ball to get it onto his right foot. Don't get me wrong, but, you know, you, I, I just... I think he was too static. You know, his it's feet were planted and he was shaping his body to show he's, him. He's, tec- he's technically inept there in that position as a defender. As you rightfully say, his weight should be shifted onto his right foot. So as soon as the ball does go there, he's travelling in that direction. He yeah. can spring off. Yeah. And as you say, he's just kind of... He's done the right thing and it looks as though he's doing the right thing because he's showing him inside, but it's almost like he wasn't prepared for him to actually do it. Well, exactly, yeah. Like, was, it was, it was you, token. That, 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 that should be... Yeah, come on then, go on, do it, do it. And it's like... Oh, he's done it. What do I do now? Yeah. I think, you know, if it's cl- just, just take. Remember Van Dyke went against Spurs when they had the breakaway and it was yeah. two on one. Yeah, yeah. And he so showed him one way, showed him one way, but he kept closing the distance to yeah. him as well yeah. to basically force him to snatch at the shot. Yeah. And, and it's that difference, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's that you, you can't just do it with your body shape and stand still. It's yeah. got to be a dynamic sort of, you know, pushing him in onto his weaker foot. You, th- you yeah. think how, how often fullbacks show the wide man on the outside? And I think it, you know, nine times out of ten, a good fullback just blocks the cross straight after it, don't they? Because yeah. they're, they're so far ahead of the ball that there's no angle to get the ball in. And what should happen there 
in that in that position is Trent should be so far across that he automatically blocks the shot exactly because there's no gap to get past. I think though, if you have a look at that goal and you analyse it again, if you freeze the picture, there's no one in or anywhere near the box. So for me, in that particular scenario, I would have shown him outside. There's no danger in the box at all. No one there. No one even near it. Are you sitting yeah. in, the, in the ground yesterday, one 0 down, worried, or are you just like, yeah, well, no, still going to win? That's how I opened it, like. Especially at Anfield, you're not because we yeah. know we've got goals coming. You know that our defences, although there was a mistake there, you know it's really good and unlikely to get another one or certainly another two. So I've always said this has come from Cop. Cop in the early days when we went a goal behind or whatever, he didn't make mad changes to the shape or the or substitutions like throwing more attackers on and stuff. He always just kind of believed in what we do. And then that came through to the players, and then that eventually came through to the fans in the, in the ground. And now yeah. we're all one, and we all know the score. Yeah, we've said that. You know, there's been a level of discipline for the fans to learn not to panic. Yeah. You know, and it, and and we said it a couple of times on this podcast. That's there now. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And the fans believe and 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 recognize the quality of this side. So you've just got to say it's one of them. It came early on in the game. You know, we should be good enough to put two or three past these. So let's just keep going about our business. Now it it did take Firmino to come on. Yeah. To change, to sort of galvanise the team a little bit, I think you know because yeah. he, he was just playing on a different level to everyone else. He's just a completely different level yesterday yeah, compared to anyone else on that pitch. Yeah. So, um, Teddy, your three goals. What, what was the pick of them for you? It's got to be the, the the one for me. Well, it's a tough one actually because Marnie's, Ma- Marnie's first, first one was an absolute peach of a finish. You know what I mean? He took it so well. Hmm. Um, and you know, even like the involvement of Robertson in the build up to that goal and stuff like that. It, you know, it was really good. Um, but. I think the one for me is where you know Salah gets the ball, feeds it into Bobby. That little sort of shuffle and flick that he does to put Salah back through, it, it, it's just like you know, it's just naughty stuff, isn't it? You're watching it, just thinking, filthy, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You no, know, and it's the it, I still I think people start to change the the, the minds about Firmino and start to recognise how good he is, but I still don't think he gets the, the respect he deserves. He, he really is. Some of the bits that he does is up there with you know we talk about Zola and Bergkamp and all that as being one of the Premier League greats. Some of them bits that he does is is on par for with anything. For them. me, the way he started this season, on form, I would say he's the best player in the Premier League at the moment, on current form. Yeah. I know De Bruyne is assisting a lot of goals at the moment, so it's them two for me at the minute, but uh, there's not much to split split between them. But the thing is about Firmino, like, when you, his game's massively based around, well, apart from his work rate and all that, what he does on the ball is, is one-touch stuff, mm. and a lot of it's back f- flicks off the outside of his foot and back heels. It's hard to get that right every game, and if they're not coming off for you, it looks like you're having a bad game. Yeah. So for him to play as in that style and play so, and for it to come off as often as it does, it's different. It's just different. different level, yeah. Yeah. The thing for me as well, like, that you know, <coughs> it was noticeable about the way you were playing in that first whatever 20-25 minutes before he came on. He's just he picks up spaces that no one else seems to be able to, to find. Slightly and deeper. He's constantly moving. So yeah. like he, he's buzzing in and out and he's like doing zigzags across the pitch. And eventually he just picks up this little space and, and, and you know, you, you talk about the the impact him not being on the pitch as and the rest of the players. You can see your players are constantly looking for that little B. He's like buzzing yeah, in and out. There. And when he's not there, it's like yeah. you just seem to hesitate, everything slows down. Whereas you seem to pop passes a lot more forwards or pop them into them little spaces when he, when he's on the pitch. And like you say, it almost doesn't matter whether them flicks come off because he's in that s- such a dangerous area that 
even if the flick doesn't come off, he's bringing two he's or three players with him. Yeah. And, and a flick anywhere into space with the pace you have got yeah, will yeah. be effective. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It, it really was. You know, it was a, a man of the match And the other two now to link up with them, don't need yeah, any they do. It's, it's, it's almost a telepathic relationship between the three of them now, isn't it? You know, Special. They, they just know what to do and we're just blessed to, to, to have that as, a, as our front three and, and our attack. I thought as an attacking threat overall, the team the team was, was impressive though and... Um, I'd like to go back to Trent, and I think he, I think he did quite well. He had a good game. W- yeah, I think he had a good game. Yeah. He did have a good game. Some of his crossfield <coughs> passing and stuff was ap- outstanding. Yeah. He, he had a good game, bar yeah. that goal. Bar that goal and, yeah. he, and that's the thing we've still got to recognise his age. And you know, you're gonna have them moments with him where he might cost you a goal or or whatever. But you know, what did he add last season? Fourteen assists or something. So yeah. it's like it's what you've got to temper it with that, haven't you? And yeah. basically say, you know, he might cost us one or two through naivety defensively because he's still learning his craft but he's going to give you 40, 13, 14 assists on the pitch from going forward. So yeah. it's one of them. It, it's a trade that I'm, I'm willing to make. Yeah. So, so sort of staying with you, Phil, but mm. moving away a little bit. A couple of tequilas last night when Norwich done Man City. <laughs> yeah, I watched that one. I watched that one in, in the pub afterwards, yeah. And um, yeah, I had a feeling that Pookie, he's in really good form, isn't he? And I thought, you know, yeah. I could see him getting a goal. Um, I, th- I looked at the odds. 22 to, 22 to 1 for Norwich. He has a lot of injuries though, didn't he? He has a lot of players out in Norwich as well. Like a lot of players out. consider fair teamers, so I think the bookies have looked at that and thought these have got no chance so to, to make mo- To make money on City with, with a, a, a decent stake would be, yeah, yeah, it, was, it was a handicap of two. Alfie, did you, did you watch the, the match yesterday? Um, I saw a few of the highlights, but I feel like Norwich are going to try and push to do what Wolves did, but mm. not as well because they've got like really good team but it's just and Dan and Farka I think he's an, an, a really good manager yeah. but yeah. when it comes down to they can, if they can beat a team like City then like that's incredible but it's whether they can keep that form through the rest of the season because that's really hard to do Wolves did it because they've got a really good like group of players mm. and, but they've got a little bit more of that better depth. Yeah, it's yeah. good. But compared to Norwich, who, especially with fact, I think they had three injuries. Th- yeah, I think they had more than that. Like like you're right. Really? I, th- I think what, what you're trying to say, it's a great point as well, is that when you're playing like the teams like City, nothing's expected of you, is it? And it's almost like a free shot and a free hit. And even though they have four players, maybe, or four or five players out yesterday, like you say, there was no pressure on them, was there? I think I think the challenges might come for Norwich, like it did with, with Wolves last year, when they're playing against the teams that they may be expected to, to get points from. Mm. With Norwich, I feel like going into that match would probably be if we can get any like decent result. If we lose something like two one, it will be a great like it will be a win in yeah, their eyes, but yeah. A, uh, like the three points will be a bonus. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't only a bonus to them; it was obviously a well, bonus, bonus to you. It, 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 it is a big bonus to us. I mean, you know, you mentioned it before. Five points at this start, at this point in the season is, is it, you know, it doesn't really mean anything, but it means everything because it, you know, all of a sudden the psychological shift happens, doesn't it? It's like, you know, they, can they actually really afford to lose that many more points? You know. And then obviously, when when they come to play us, if if, if we can take points off them in them games. He, it, it 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 can't be understated how, how important it is psychologically. I think you know that that we ha- we have opened that gap up to them as well. You're in their heads because Guardiola was already talking about it last yeah, night. Yeah, press conferences and things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he was yeah. talking about oh well, we're not going to give Liverpool the league in September, but he yeah. was saying it with like a yeah a, a bit between his teeth. Mm. Alfie, are, are you as scared as me and Judge are of Liverpool oh, winning I'm the league? Petrified. <laughs> <laughs> but it's mainly because I know that 
99% of my class are red and they're all going <laughs> to be laughing. Oh. We feel your pain. <laughs> no, we feel heads your pain. Off. <laughs> I think but the thing is, although, sorry, Alfie, the thing, although this is an Everton Liverpool podcast, you look at the difference that not having De Bruyne there for City made and mm. Laporte. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Laporte. imagine you's not having Van Dijk and Firmino in the team. Yeah. I know, listen, I'm not, I'm not kind of uh, making excuses for them yesterday because they should have dispatched them and, and most sides in the Premier League should be dispatching a Norwich when they've got four or five players out. But, Without De Bruyne, without Laporte, they look significantly weaker, don't they? Mm, well, I mean, yeah. the, De Bruyne, the De Bruyne one, I think there's other players in that team who can sort of do that role, but I think one one bit of a blind spot that I think Pep's had you know, over the, the transfer window is they let company go, and he didn't strengthen that centre-half. Now, I know he's been trying to strengthen, strengthen that back line for a long time. He spent, I don't know, £150 million on defenders or something silly like that. It hasn't quite worked out. But you see, as you mentioned there, Laporte or company, if they're not there... I'm not having it that Stones and Otamendi's like you know a Premier League winning centre half pair. I'm, I'm just not. I just I don't think they're, they're good enough. I, I, I do agree, but at the same time, I think it's difficult to to level at them when it's like you saying, why have they not got back up for Van Dijk? Laporte has established himself as up, not not as good as Van Dijk, but yeah, he's up there, behind yeah. Van Dijk, Absolutely. he's the best centre back with, in the league. Yeah, so yeah. I think it's hard to to get caught for that. When Laporte originally signed, like I thought he's a good player, but he's not. City level, I thought that he would be like someone who would just go on the bench. But then, after he started to mould into the city system, he, I was thinking like I was completely proved wrong because mm. he's an incredible player in City. I feel like they're not gonna be they're not gonna be the same without him because, um, with I think it was the first half of last season, no season before. I think it was when they signed him. Signed, yeah, eighteen months ago, I think it was in yeah. January. Yeah. That before that, they weren't as strong defensively because the defense was company or Sto- company Com- and stones Com- or Osmendi and stones. Osmendi or Mangala as well. Yeah, oh Mangala didn't he? God, Why have you said that name, Mangala? Because <laughs> <laughs> then you, you had, had a little him. go with him as well. Didn't he get injured in his first game? He played two games. You so got beat five one. By Arsenal in his first game, then he got injured in the second. <laughs> Didn't he fall over the net or something? Yeah. Stupid. Sounds about right, proper Evan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like Kuko Martino playing left back next <laughs> to him. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah. With um, Laporte, he's just one of them players that is almost irreplaceable. Like, I bet you two are probably fearing for your lives when eventually Van Dyke gets injured because it's inevitable. I pray for her every night. <laughs> <laughs> I sit there at the end of my bed, just looking up, thinking, "Come on!" Like it, it is. So, it, it is something that we, you know, we yeah. talked about it on the podcast, haven't we? It's and, like, and, and that's it's why I'm it saying, is, yeah. like, I understand. I, I understand cover at centre back. Now, look around. I mean, I've got a pretty decent knowledge of Europe. I know you have Alfie, Alfie Pedia, I think you <laughs> and I, I couldn't, I couldn't find a centre back in in Europe that you could just slip in for Van Dijk and I don't think I can find a centre back in Europe that you could slip in for, for Laporte Maybe and you've cool also Bally, got room but he's only one when yeah, it comes to that, that that's hundreds of millions isn't yeah. it you know what I mean? cool Bali. Yeah, but but the, 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 there's options out there though, isn't it, to to improve. I, I don't I don't rate Otamendi personally. I don't think he's he's at the caliber needed and the thing is, uh, whilst I take the point that it's difficult to find someone who, like the leadership capability of a company or you know a Van Dyke or whatever. Who's Maguire would have been a would have been a Mag- well he was, then, he was out there. Million, but then there was Alderweireld who was available for twenty five mm. million. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And th- there was op- there was think there was players out there that I think are an improvement on Otamendi, and I still don't really think I think Stones is one of them where he's an all right support act, 
He's, I don't think he's a, you'll ever say he's a world-class centre-back. But although City have got unlimited funds, like how much, how many times can Pep really go to the owners and go, uh, well, do, I want to buy another defender? They wanted Maguire, <laughs> didn't he? But they wouldn't pay what Leicester yeah. wanted. Do do the other, the other point as well, they were making on the radio uh, yesterday about it, saying, you know, how, how big a loss is, and they were asking that question, you know, as, as Pep dropped the ball on this one, is how many players are going to say, oh, yeah, Guaz, I'm happy to just go and sit on the bench behind him. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, the, that's the thing you're going to struggle with. Sorry. The thing that I'm annoyed about with like, the big teams that can just splash the cash. Like, with City, they've bought two really good full-backs just as cover, like Angelino C- and... Cancelo. And Cancelo. Yeah. Well, like we're going to start splashing the cash. They have splashed the cash, just on garbage. <laughs> talking City, we're not talking everything yet. Yeah. <laughs> like, City have got so much money, but they're starting to, like... They're starting to spend money just for the sake of it. Yeah, like, just to have a backup in every position. I thought the transfer window could have been better. They could have brought in a bit more cover for yeah, we the front required. three. Yeah. And then I'm thinking, now I'm like, there is cover because you've got a centre-back with a love run. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How can you yeah, smile yeah. when he yeah. says that? You can come back, mate. And well, we've got Gomez as well, yeah. haven't we? You know, Joe Gomez is a good, good centre half. So I th- I th- it's one of them, isn't it? I think the more plays you sign, like, like you're probably getting at, you, you lose something, don't you? In the way of the the, the spirit yeah. of the team, and and like you say, just bringing players in who are just going to sit on the bench and potentially going to lead to some disharmony because they're not playing every week. It seems to be cops the exact opposite. He appreciates the point that you're making yeah. there, Alfie, and. Um, it doesn't always benefit the team to just be bringing superstars in to sit on the bench, as you said there, judging the harmony and stuff like that. I, 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 like Alfie, I was worried after our window. I'm starting to think it was a stroke of genius. Well, <laughs> but yeah. Time will tell. Time will tell. You know, we don't want to speak too soon, but you know, I, I, I just think you know. It, that's an area that it's going to really hurt it. I think you know up until yesterday. January, it you did could yesterday. See the report yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah, affected them from the corner, and it was at the third goal. Uh, where there was a, an error in defence. So, we, you know, we'll we, we see how it plays out, but, it's you know, as I've read, looking at yesterday, it was a great win for us, coming back from behind again, kept the unbeaten run-up going at Anfield. You know, what's that now? Two and a half years or something? I think it's it? 43 games now, 44. Yeah. Well, I've seen record. a stat today, actually, that Marnie is the first player in the Prem to play 50 games for the Prem team at home and not experience a loss in you know. his first 50 own games <laughs> we're the first ever team to go 14 games unbeaten and we've scored more than two goals in every single one of them games as well so that's so enough stats for this week yeah. <laughs> can I just ask you before we move on did you watch it on telly yeah and this just on the VAR topic oh yeah what was going on with Matip like why didn't VAR it was a, it was, for me it's a, it, was a, it was a clear mistake by the referee Marinette because it was a clear pen he should have seen it himself I didn't see that and VA, VAR oh, VAR are meant to step in when there's a clear and obvious mistake made by the referee and the fact he gets grabbed around the neck and wrestled to the ground in the box on a corner is it's a mistake what by I the heard referee. Was there was a bit of 50-50 before no. that happened but no, no. Weren't. well I was in Tenerife weren't it, so I wasn't at the game I yeah, watched yeah. it on telly yeah. um, and when you see it back it's there's no way it's a penalty yeah. no doubt about it it's a penalty there was also one apparently and I didn't see it because I was flying home but in the Norwich game with City it should have been a definite pen for, for Norwich on the VAR decision and it wasn't given so I'm it's like if there was some sort of justification phases of play or what no, the, no. What, why what, the, what, what's what the just, what justification is there for a defender with, with, to well, have for VAR arms. not to look at it I mean because what they say is it's got to be a clear and obvious mistake by the referee but I don't think they want to step in and sort of like 
point out that the referee has no. missed something so clear and blatant. Yeah, no, that's a difficult one, I think, because you can't say the referee isn't looking at the penalty area, can you, on the corner? So what, what they're saying, or what the, the rules say, is that something that, that the referee... Has, has not seen whatsoever. So there's the referee's looking at it and they do say to him, Did you see that in the area? And he has to go, Yeah or no. Yeah, but so he the, says, the, Yeah, so I, I wasn't having it. The, the, thing is, it, it. the logical extension of that yeah, then. Like it's a mistake because yeah. you haven't seen it, do you know what I mean? Or, yeah, or, yeah, or, or I was blocked. I couldn't quite yeah, see it. So what was it? If something happens off the ball and the referee's looking at the general like, you know, group or whatever, he sees someone go down, but he thinks, Oh, there was nothing in that. And then VAR's looked at it and someone's elbowed someone in the face. But the referee yeah, was looking at it. It's violent like, conduct. Or violent conduct st- extends its difference. All right. Is, okay, because so it, it leads to a sending off. All so right, so, if, so if the question would have been, as I understand it, as I understand it, if I'm the referee, the question would have been, Gary, did, did you see that then? That, you know, the arms round. Yeah, I seen it was 50-50, no foul for me. Then, But if the referee goes, not really, I only but seen that, like the first but part. But that, but that to me is a, a flawed system because VAR should say, did you see that then? He says, yeah, it's 50-50. And the VAR fellow should say, well, it weren't 50-50, it was a clear foul. You should have been a pen. It should be given. It's, it's how long, we, we, but we've been through this the other way around. About how long How long do you extend it? How far yeah. do you extend it? Because every single incident will have two perspectives because you're saying, oh yeah, that was clear and obvious. That was... A, I, I agree with Phil. There was something going on slightly earlier in the in the movie. I know. I know what he's That's talking not my about now. opinion. That's just what I hear got said. Yeah. Uh, no, but but it, it it is one of them though. With 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 tussling is that before the before oh, the foul was yeah, there another foul gonna, and how far did you go back? coming together of, uh, and he's over him. He's got his arms over his shoulder, around his chest. Look at Everton's goal today. Then we'll come to it in a minute. But, but look at Everton's goal today. No one even mentioned it. We'll, we will mm. come to Everton in a moment. But it's another VAR thing of yeah. really. Calvert-Lewin has got two arms on his shoulders. He's jumped up and scored, but no one's mentioned it. And uh, I don't know. I, I just think if you start going down that avenue of saying that even though the ref's seen it, they're still going to look at it, I, I think the game will never carry on. Terry, you're just being greedy. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I just, it's that. I just think it's, it's just created even more confusion and yeah, more I agree with talking that. about referees. I agree with it's that. Alfie, yeah. VAR, what do you think so far? Um, like, one of the head of referees... Um, even said that it's already made six errors. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Something along right. them lines. It's just I don't understand why they. I I think it, like halfway through the seasons they'll look at it and think how many errors have we made, and if they've made like so many errors, like going on what's happened because I reckon VAR soon will become like two mistakes a week. Yeah, like and then it's not enough for the purpose, is it? Yeah. yeah, and then they might end up getting rid of it because it's just been so bad and it's completely divided everything. Like, if you look at... I'm trying to think of an incident. Um, Al- Halle for West Ham, I can't remember who it was against. But that was one of the mistakes that were pop- that popped up. Um, Like, he's completely being brought down. Should there have been a penalty? VAL said, you know what, I don't think it is. Like, what happened to? They're gonna look at it from every angle. Yeah, yeah, you're right. They haven't even got the same angles that we've got on telly, have they? Which is bizarre as well. Which is weird. Yeah, that was the one we talked about in the Super Cup, wasn't it? Yeah, that was was the the European ones. I don't know whether the Premier League ones are different. Um, but that was that was because that was UEFA competition. I feel like it should have been better having VAR start off in like the Championship. And then start working its way up to the prem just as a tester. I, th- I think championship teams might have something to say about that as well. <laughs> we're not we're not saying on this podcast the championships are meaningless league. I think you're right though. I think I think it like should have been trials in yeah. friendlies. You know, during the summer, there's plenty of times during the summer and because out of se- out of season where it can be done. I'm trying to think, 
was it the Lincoln match where for Everton where there was a few like there's a one or two um, points where I think VAR would have been helpful there. Yeah, they didn't use it because Lincoln are a lower yeah. league team, so they don't have it in their ground, so yeah, they didn't use it. Yeah, so and then it's on TV, and we're seeing the mistakes, and we're yeah. like, "Where's VAR?" When you know you brought <laughs> it in. Like, there's just so many things that VAR could be improved on. Like, where does the offside law go to? Like, how far does that go? Like, there's been a few incidents. I think. Sterling denied was denied yeah, yeah, yeah. West his Ham. arm was offside. Yeah, it was, it was like his fingernail in. I thought, <laughs> I thought that like VAR. I thought offside was if, a if goal, a body that a body part that you can score. You can't score with your arm. If, if VAR mm. can't get offside, right, then we've got no chance, have we? Mm. He's got mm. no chance at all. Yeah. Also yeah. diving, like when it comes to the different angles, then it's like sometimes it, like I feel like it could, they could be. Um, let's flip a coin. <laughs> I feel like it could come down to yeah, that point because of the limited amount of angles that they have. Yeah, and I think that, that goes back to what you were saying there, doesn't it, Gary? Where it's maybe on them more subjective decisions, it's it's not because it's not clear cut. If it, you know some, what someone sees as a foul or a dive, the VARF might not see it as a foul or a dive, and it's like it, you know, it's maybe they're the ones that it, you know, there is still an element of like sort of not really being sure. Mm. But as you say, things like offside. And you know, and stuff like clear that. Cut. It's clear cut. There shouldn't really ever initially be though. Initially, in initially, I think that's all it should have been brought in. Yeah, for yeah Initially, yeah. and that's 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 almost what you're getting at yeah. there, Alfie. Is to put it full scale and say it's going to be involved in every sim- single element of the game before we even got it right is wrong. Yeah. Why not just say let's start with offsides? Start with offsides. We we've already got the goal line technology, yeah. so that's an improvement in terms of like you know so. the techn- technological side, um, and then we'll take it from there, and then you can there maybe won't be a ref before long. There'll be no need for a ref. He's just there to stop scraps. Some of the webcams yeah, around like this. It's starting yeah. to get to a point where it's like starting to, to get scary. Like it's going to start slowing the game down because. In the last season where City played Schalke, like VAR, like VAR was caused in like the last two minutes, and it went through them two minutes, and then seven minutes at a time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or something remember crazy you like that. Yeah. <laughs> do, you remember, do you remember those days though when you were a kid? Yeah. When you were a kid, you used to remember everything. Can't even didn't remember, you? That remember the positions, how many t- how many goals certain yeah. players had scored. But yeah. no, like, we're, we're losing our memories now. Actually. You're very useful. You're welcome every week. Yeah. I feel like. VAR, like I'm happy that now we like the refs don't have to go over and look at it unless they definitely want to, but it's starting to feel like because when we get onto the Everton match, like those VAR was caught, mm. and then the instant that it's already happened, and then we were waiting to continue on with the game. Yeah, we don't know yeah, which one they're yeah. yeah. Well, I think I mean that's a good point to probably to get onto the Everton game now, isn't it? I mean. Well, yeah, just what we do, just want to say a, a, a big shout out to our listeners at Access Northwest Radio. We do get some nice emails from you guys, so go on across the park podcast.co.uk and keep sending us emails. Teddy's very eager to, to watch us talk Everton Alfie, unfortunately. <laughs> I'm going to tag out and let you and Judgey do it. I'm, I'm, we're recording this, what, half an hour after the Everton game. Oh it's um, it, it's really upset me, it's got to me today. I thought we were, we were really poor. What do you think? We were poor or unlucky? I think it was a bit of a shock. Because you haven't seen Bournemouth the start of the season, you'd think we'd get like three the three points, but with a little bit of a challenge. Like it starts, it start, sort of brings me back to the Aston Villa match where I was so confident that we would get a win, and then 
We do an Everton. <laughs> <laughs> Even I, I, Alfie I at nine knows proper Everton. <laughs> Ten. <laughs> Ten, sorry. I, 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 think to, I think to be fair, and, and this is very tough with it only being, I think it's an, an hour after the game. I actually think we played. We started really well. And I think the first half we played well. I, I was disappointed to even see us going at one-one. Now, obviously, two minutes before Dominic Calvert-Lewin scored, I, you know, I would have snapped your hands off for one-one. But from the way we started, and I think after twenty minutes of the game, you know, um, we, we were dominating the midfield battles. We, you know, we Richarlison was looking a lot more lively than he has done before. Awobi was looking good again. Um, in front of in front of goal now, it's just a bit. No, like the, the, final, the final ball definitely, but but in then the, that final that ball comes then just before half time. You know it. It's if you if you were if you were one of the two managers at half time, you'd have been more pleased to be Marco Silva because obviously we've come back from from one 0 behind, but we've dominated the majority of that first half and, and they've scored from a, from a set piece which. If you look at, we were previewing the game last week. I don't know if you heard the, the preview for the game last week, Alfie. I don't we were, think I did. But we were talking about it, and we were saying the two things that we un- got undone by last year was set pieces and not really dealing with the, the presence of Callum Wilson up there. And if you look back, it, it's the same again, isn't mm. it? No, it, it's a simple ball over the top. Obviously, we, we'll go into that later on. But the set piece, what, what do you think? Of, what do you think of the zonal mark, and Alfie? What do you? What do you I don't think it's right because maybe you should have like three people on zona marking and the rest just mark up because it's just i find it a bit like annoying the fact that we're allowing the other teams to get to into that chance like they have the opportunity to just play it to the edge let one of their players volley it and then like we it's a 50 50 maybe we could block it or maybe the like because of the zonal marking, they could just n- like maybe not volley it, maybe just pass it out, mm. and then they can start building it up, and then we're just there. Like great, the manager said that zonal mark. Now what do we do? I think yeah, we need to, to adapt. Some, we need to adapt. Sometimes there's got to be times. I don't know if you play footy, Alfie. You know, a judge used to. So I'm not. I'm not a footballer, so I'm not. I'm no good at all this. But to me, <laughs> the zonal marking looks like all their players. It's very easy to play against. They just run at the ball. With me. Being um a goalkeeper in a play today, hmm. and with what happens is, if it's a corner, I'll say everyone just mark up maybe two people like, but when it's my age and we're playing, there's about seven people in the box, one on the air, like one on the halfway line defending. No, there's like six people in the box, one on the halfway line, one on the edge of the box, and then. Everyone else, I'm like, mark up. One of you get back post because Everton, we're in that situation, like, you don't want to be in the like position of there's loads of people because there's loads of people that could just get a foot to it or a head to it, and then it just goes in. Mm. Like, and I'm surprised with their first goal because we had like three people that could have just ran onto it yeah. and just cleared it. Like They won the first header, didn't they? The first header was the big one. They won. Last season, yeah. like, everyone started off zonal and everyone was talking, we need to switch to man marking, but actually, Silver just worked on the zonal mar- yeah. marking system. Most of the best teams in the world play zonal marking and Everton seemed to come out and get it right. I, I've, s- I've said it before <laughs> and I'll say it again, 
any system, whether it's man to man or zonal marking, is still dependent on the players having a degree of responsibility and taking responsibility when they need to. I think Kale was talking about it at half time when he analysed it. It was just as frustrating the second and third phases of play there. So, right, no, no matter whether you mark man to man or zonally, occasionally you're going to lose the first ball. Mm. That just happens. Now, there was an occasion in the second half where they took a corner. And they've won the first header. Because of the zone marking system, all of our players have stepped out and Callum Wilson's five yards offside. You don't get that if you're playing man-to-man. So that's where the system can be effective. So it was just for your benefit, Phil, you didn't see it. It was an outswinging corner. Yep. Their man's got the header to, head to it, headed towards goal. And as he's headed it, we've all stepped out. That's and Callum Wilson's went and nodded yep. in and he's well offside. So it can be effective if the players are switched on yep. and are taking responsibility. On their goal, they've won the first header. And... It, it's bounced around like a pinball machine. What one of our players took any responsibility to go and attack the ball? You still have to attack the ball. It doesn't matter whether it's zonal marking or man to man. And th- that for me, we, we've we've you know we praised Michael Keane quite a bit this season, and rightfully so because he, he's had some decent performances. I said because I got I had the benefit of watching the Wolves game on the telly instead of being in the yeah, ground. You were away, weren't you? I was away. Yeah. And I said I wasn't impressed with Michael Keane against Wolves in, in the way that he wasn't dominating or, or attacking the ball the way I thought he should. I thought again today, he, he was lacklustre, he, he fell asleep, he looked like he was tired from those games against England. But what were we saying last year? He, he was good for him. Zuma, the talker. Yeah. Now he's the talker, isn't he, with Mina? Maybe I feel that's... like Zuma and... Zuma. Keane and Mina, I don't think are working that well because it's just it seems so much different between... What we were like with Keen and Mina and Keen and Zuma Zuma, because Keen was so much, in my opinion, he looked so much more confident. Mm. He was going for them more duels and he just seems a bit like more cautious. He's second guessing where his partner's going to be and then it's in turn it's making him go to places that maybe he didn't go with Zuma. With Bournemouth's third goal, third goal, off the throw in. Mina and Keane were both on, like near enough to the, um, um, the. They went for the same. Yeah. Balls in Whereas the air. if it was Keane and Zuma, usually what would happen is we'd have Keane nearest to the sidelines, and then Mina, no, not Mina, Zuma, Zuma yeah. just off the like off the middle of the box. Mm. The, so like the frustrating thing for me with that goal was that. If I'm honest, I actually think Mina was switched on. Mina, although although he got a bit of criticism because Callum Wilson was behind him, he actually he checks his shoulder, sees where Callum Wilson is, and Keane's a good eight yards behind him. Keane steps up there. Callum Wilson's five yards offside, and he's not even in the in the picture. But Keane, for some reason, takes up a position ten yards behind the rest of the back four. So as the ball's kicked in in behind, Callum Wilson's just just got a free run on goal now. There's a lack of understanding, a lack of responsibility there because if Keane is in the position he's in and he's planning to stay there, he should be either stepping across to cover the run of Callum Wilson or he should be rollicking Mina to say, get back and mark your man. He doesn't either. He stands yeah. in a position to keep Wilson on side and, and doesn't identify or, or doesn't let Mina notice know. the threat. I mean, for me, I mean, I mentioned this on the pod. I don't know whether it, well, it wasn't last week, it was the one before. I, I just seem to feel like when you are away from home, there's a lack of like sort of leadership in the, I don't know what it is at home. I don't know whether it's the crowd because they know the crowds there or the crowds giving the man on shouts and shouting things and you know communicating with the players on the pitch and stuff. And there just feels to be a level of more organ. You're a good side at home, but away from home, it just feels like everyone, everyone yeah. just That's doesn't. No one steps up and says, 
I'm going to run this game. I, I don't know if you can, like, all right, let's let's go because we've kind of skipped from the first goal to, to, to the third goal. The first goal for me is individual. Call it whatever you want towards Ronald Mar. I think, again, it's a series of individual errors of not going and attacking the ball on the first ball and then players just standing still and, and, and almost being pedestrians. The second one, Fabian Zelf, all day long, should just clear that with his right foot. He's tried to stick, his, mistake, yeah. stick his left foot out. And that's resulted in um, you know the ball just going right through and, and and Pickford had no chance. And the third one is an individual error, Keane not stepping out or doing anything about it. So we can talk all, talk all we want about leadership. For me, it's individual errors that and, and you can that doesn't make a difference whether you're home or away. But I think it does though because I think at home there's a there's a I think the players have got it in them. I was like I want to show these home fans you know like what we've got and they all seem to play another 10, 15 percent better away from home. It's like. I don't know what it is. They just don't seem to sort of play to that same level. And as a team, you don't seem to play to that same sort of level. It's just a really sort of weird... If you look now, you just play Villa away, play Palace away, you play Bournemouth away. They're teams that you're not going to think are going to be in the top, you know, know, testing in the top half of that table. I know exactly what you're getting at, because I'll I'll be honest, I agree with you. I think at times last year, Judgy, me and you were crying out for a 37-year-old Phil Jagielka to come back in. The lack of big leaders and characters... Is it not the new Teddy to the season? For me, Judge, it's been there for a couple of well, years. There was a bit of banter going on in our WhatsApp groups between like the Everton Liverpool supports between our mates during the game. One of them said something about Steve Cook and said, oh, and I said, yeah, he's just a Sunday league player. We could do with a Steve Cook <laughs> in the middle of the pitch. <laughs> just just someone like that to just go around and kicking people to get everyone in line, get everyone in That's order. Fabian Delf, though, isn't it? Well, yeah, you know what? And Alfie was saying it before before off air. Fabian Delf is one of the players who will come out of that game with a bit more credit, albeit... He's made a basic error, which has led to their second goal, which really yeah. was the was the pivotal goal. If that's one one for longer and longer, and we've got better options off the bench, we, we've had a really good chance of going and winning that game. But he's been the player on the front post there who hasn't gone got and met the ball and cleared it, and and, and they've gone on got the te- got themselves in front, and then that that's the game really. It doesn't matter where you are in the league if you go two one down away from home against the team and they've got the wind and the sails and the momentum it takes a lot to, to, to claw that back at that stage listening to you guys speak there it sounds a lot, a lot like you competed with them on quite a level playing field but then there was just errors that led to goals from set pieces mainly the, and co- stuff. the commentators said it quite a bit Andy Inchcliffe was one that was the co-commentator and he just kept on talking about the final ball Luca Dina has, has had a lot of praise from Evertonians he's been our best player for the best part of 18 months now but his final ball today was poor the amount of times he's got into a crossing position and hasn't beat the first man his corners weren't good enough today that that epitomised things Richarlison's hit one from 30 yards and it's grazed the crossbar and then two minutes later he can't play a five yard pass so it was it was elementary errors all over the pitch and errors that he shouldn't be making it, and you can't get away with making yeah so that, that for me it was the key difference when it comes to Delph I feel like He's one of them players that is going to be a bit hard to rely on in games like against Bournemouth because he's still that. I think I feel like we brought him in to be like back up and more versatile because of how many different positions he can play. Yeah. Because he can play all through the middle, of, um, all through midfield, and then left back. Well. Left back. He's a really good, like diverse player that can play anywhere. But when it comes to the fact that we need them big players to step up in the big games. I feel like Delft just won't be able to cut it. You, you spot, you're spot on, and I've, I've accused Gomez of being the same, that, it, that he drifts through games, Gomez, and he should be a player who's taking the, the game by the scruff of the neck. Obviously, Gomez weren't around today, but you're right, Andre, uh, sorry, uh, Fabian Delft almost was guilty of the same, that he's he's had a good game, he's won some 
you know, some big tackles, but those big moments, and it, it wasn't a big moment if he just clears it. No one sees it as a big moment, but when he misses it, it is a big moment because they've scored and and he needs to learn now that he's not a big part player anymore. If he's going to play for us, he's going to be a big part of our team. Because when he plays. we've basically got no defensive no, mids. We've got no one mm. who can tackle. Have we like him? So that's a, that's because a point, we've that. not got Gomez's out for how long? It's a rib injury. I don't think he's Gomez, out for too yeah. long. I think it, I think it, he'll probably be back for the Sheffield United game. I think. But we, we don't know about Gabamon yet, do we? He's, he hasn't played enough, we don't know. I feel like he's going to be out for another like four weeks or so. But okay. from what I saw against the Watford match, we went to that, me and my mum went to that match and we did. We played, well, Gabamon or, or Bama or whatever. Gabamon, yeah. Or whatever he calls himself. <laughs> like he To say JP, that's all we yeah. do. <laughs> he was a good player, but you can tell that He's not got very clearing English. Mm. I think it's going to take him time, isn't it? He's yeah. come from a different league, and and it's a big step up. I think it, you know, even though the German league respected, he played for a, a team in the low, lower part of the division. Th- right. There's never been much expected of him, and he's coming to a team that, rightfully or wrongfully, you know, we're spending money, we're expected to push on, and I, th- I think it's going to be it's going to take a while for him to settle in, and I think. Looking at the other players around him, um, you know, and to kind of finish off the points uh, on this game, Schneiderlin, um, he's not had his worst game today, Schneiderlin. I he don't think o- he was okay with the ball, I yeah, think, but his positioning yeah. and he's just so clumsy. If yeah. you get past him, he'll foul you. I, I don't. Th- I said to you, I don't think it's pl- clumsiness. I just think he's just so physically immobile that as soon as someone turns, he can't turn quick enough. He just has to rag them down. The amount of silly free kicks he has to give away. Like like you say, points to a, a poor position in the first place to be to you know to to have to foul people. But then, as you say, even when he is in the right position, someone goes past him. He's not physically able to turn or keep up with him. He just has to drag them down. What about Richarlison's foul? You could make the same yeah point for that because it's been it's like sort of flown by everyone. Like it was a terrible challenge, but nobody really criticizes Richarlison when it comes to the defensive bits. Because he puts in so much effort, mm. like yeah. defensively, but sometimes I feel like he's putting more defensive effort. No, he's right there. It's a great, a good point. Offensive yeah. effort. I thought he was supposed to be an attacker, not a defender. So, like so, Phil it, Richarlison's chased back for their second goal. He's chased back. I'm not sure it was. I think it was may have been King or something like that. He Josh King. It was. Me, yeah. Josh King's knocked it down the line. Richarlison chased them all the way back. Great work, great. And then he's, it's just a petulant challenge. He, he's tried to slide and win a tackle. They had no right to win. They've won the free kick and Frazier's ultimately okay. scores from that free yeah. kick. So what Alfie's getting at is almost what we were talking about off air, that Richarlison channels a lot of his en- energy in these kind of runs and the you know these, he's chasing someone back, but then he gets the ball and he hasn't got the same level of aggression when he's, when he's attacking. Yeah. And, and mm. that's, that's, that's the conundrum I think we've got at yeah. the moment with Charleston. But again, a frustrating... Frustrating day for Blues, no doubt about it. And we I think as the days go on, we'll probably have a bit more of a, of a context to how bad or good, you know, bad a performance it was and, and the significance on the, on the rest of the season. But yeah. I, I'd like to move on if that's all right. No, well, I mean, we'll, we'll talk more Everton later. We've got Sheffield United coming up on Saturday. We're going to preview that with Alfie. Uh, before then, Champions League football is back. Um, ah, it's like one big long prank this episode. <laughs> so what? It's number seven on the cards now, Phil. <laughs> Is it Nap- Napoli away Tuesday, isn't it? 
Yeah, that boy away Tuesday. I hope Van Dyke gets injured <laughs> in the round of 16. I will be so happy. Hey, Alfie, you're not coming Cheers. back on again. Alfie. Alfie. <laughs> he listens to this. Don't, don't let the bitterness take over, mate. Stay strong. No, Napoli. Is, this, is, this, is this still a massively important competition for you? I mean, because oh, whether, yeah. whether you admit it on air or not, you, you're all probably looking at the league as now the, the island you want to land on. You've got number six last season. Is number seven just as important still? This Champions number League seven campaign. is as important as number six was, but it's not more important than the Premier League. But look, it's it's a special competition, synonymous with Liverpool, and to win it again, um, to win it two years on the bounce is a special achievement, isn't it? So you know, we we definitely want to do it. Um, Are you excited about this being back, Champions League? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and, and Napoli is a is a is a big European team. It feels like a big European night again, and we love that at Anfield. I know I know this is a way, but um, we love those sort of nights. To, to, is this where oh. is this where it can start to become a bit more tricky the season? Now I know you, you yeah. dealt with it last season, but you know you've now got the League Cup coming up. You have got the Champions League. Klopp's talked about. Look, there are going to be changes now. Yeah. Is this where it gets interesting in, in a sense because you can't just keep playing that? Yeah. Same. I know he's done it with the Riga on Saturday, but that that got changed quickly because you had to it almost. Yeah. Well, I said before, like I feel like maybe the lack of signings could be a bit of a masterstroke by Klopp to keep the, the you know the morale up and, and the understanding and the level of chemistry in the team, but. It could also be a mistake, and over the ne- in the next month or so, I think we're about to find. We're going to see what your fringe players are made of. We're about to find out, yeah. So cops talked about you know fringe players coming back and looking good, and you know Shakiri, Lana, we haven't seen none of yet, but we're going to have to see all these players over the coming weeks. But full strength in that play team. Yeah, I, I don't see why you wouldn't go full strength. Um, you don't want to do what we did last year but in, the, in the group stage. No, I think you know we, we got given a favourable draw. Yeah, and for me, it's you know. You just go and get try and get out this group as early as possible, and then take your opportunity to on paper. On paper, this is the hardest game in the group. Yeah, I mean, you know, we 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 feel like really familiar side with Napoli now. We played them that many times over the last couple of seasons, but you know, we've had a bit of a mixed bag of results, haven't we? Pre-season, we battered them two seasons ago. They battered us pre-season this summer, and then in the Champions League, you know, it's like it's like a bit, yeah. So. They're a good team, though, aren't they? They are a good really side. Good They've got team. some really good players. You know, Dries Martins, Insigne, um, obviously, Kui Barry at, at the back, obviously, quality player. Um, and then they've got Gulam, you know, who's, yeah. a, who's a good player. What I do want to see is what, what midfield Klopp goes with now in the Champions League, because I've been seeing it pretty much throughout the group stage last year that it was, you know, Henderson, Wijnaldum and Milner was his favourite three midfield. And that really shouldn't be the midfield that I don't think I I think it has gone I hope it's gone I don't want to see us revert back to that you know like that sort of comfort blanket midfield that we had last year Um, so uh, you know I think that'll be where we see some of the changes but I'd like us full strength you know what I mean absolutely and in this game away from home the Champions League you take three points here makes your life so much easier yeah you're almost I mean it's it's a bit. It's presumptuous to say, but you feel like if we get three points in this away, you feel like you're through. But yeah, <laughs> it feels like that a little bit, yeah. yeah. Because at home, you know, we should win our own games. You would think, yeah. or, or or at least take seven points out of the the, the three home games. Yeah. So it was a game last season that, that knocked you out of your stride a little bit, wasn't it? If you remember, it was probably the first time I remember because obviously yeah. being on this podcast and talking about it, where he's looked very uncomfortable in that forty-five minutes. Yeah. Think, wasn't it? it? Was the first half or? Yeah. Well, it, it was. I'll be honest. It, when I with the midfield that we went with, I felt like we just got played off the park. We just couldn't compete with the, with them, you know. And they, they were fair to everyone. They moved the ball very really, fast, really, really quick, very yeah. Intense, yeah. And and that was you know one of the things that I you know, I, I felt like that was a hallmark of of the entire group stage last last season. It was PSG's midfield. It, it sort of just passed through us, you know what I mean. It, it, 
It, it wasn't just Napoli, it was away in Europe. Yeah, but that's what I mean, the away games, yeah. It was always Milan, the away so games. This is away. No, what yeah. those, uh, even the home game, Salah scored the goal. It was a 1-0 at home, but, but they gave you a lot of problems at home, didn't they? Yeah, Napoli? but they're good sides, you know. There's no two ways about Regardless it. Regardless of the names in the team, they, they just move the ball well. Yeah, they pass mm-hmm. it well, don't they, and stuff. Yeah, they're Who's a good the team. There? They're a good team. It's Ancelotti. It's Ancelotti. Ancelotti. Ancelotti, yeah. He's got complaints. Yeah. Although Ancelotti, he's got a lot of pace in the team. They just bought in Haven Lozano as well from PSV. He's another great player. Yeah, and one thing I did pick up on is Ancelotti came out, didn't he, through the week and basically absolutely critical of um, basically the renovations that are going on in their grounds. And I think UEFA <laughs> have had to step in and ask for assurances that the game will be able to go ahead because apparently the changing rooms, they're meant to be all getting done up and they're nowhere near finished. And apparently there's all kinds of like problems with like the grounds where yeah. Ancelotti's actually came out and said, we've got a game on Wednesday, we've got nowhere to, for our team, never mind the away team, to actually prepare for the game. So there's all kinds of like sort of you know assurances being sought by by UEFA over it and stuff. So It'd be nice for us if we got moved, wouldn't it? Well, it's it's, <laughs> it's a different ground. It, it's one of them like where you know will that upset their little their preparation a little bit? You know mm-hmm. when the manager's basically saying that the ground their home ground is not yeah. basically a, a harmonious place for his team to turn up and prepare in because well, of all the, the advantage all of issues. playing a home away. Well, well yeah, a little bit. So. But yeah, I mean, uh, you know, f- full strength by absolutely no, no two ways about it for me. I, I think midfield that I'd quite like to see is, is probably going to be Fabinho, Wijnaldum, and I think it probably will be Henderson as the, as, as the attacking partner. He's had, now, hasn't he? he's so had, a, he's had yeah. a blow, and I think, you know, he, whereas we played him as the six yeah. last, last season, I think he'd be played more as a, at the, the top of that midfield, and I think yeah. that would be a much better use of his energy and stuff. Yeah, yeah. and I'm, what we're starting to see now is like um, Henderson and Wijnaldum's role is not as defined. I think they, they switch yeah, with each other a little yeah, bit, yeah. don't they? And yeah. it, 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 it works well. But um, I'm not that confident. Like I wouldn't like to predict this one. It just just because of our historically Liverpool away in Europe, Napoli a great team, I wouldn't like to predict it to be honest. But no, but I'd take a point probably at this stage. You take a point, but you know we we're, we're more won't. than capable of, course, of going yeah. to Napoli and getting three points. So yeah. you know I'm not going to say that we won't. We won't. No, um, course, no. I'd, I'll be honest. I'm, I'm not too familiar with what their results have looked like this season. No. Uh, to be honest, no, they beat, Sam, they beat Sampdoria. They got, they got, didn't they they got, they got beat by uh, Juventus four three away. So I think they beat Sampdoria two 0 Dries Martins in the last game scored two, um, and he, he's a player that we need to be wary of because. I thought, you know, in the pre-season game when we played them, yeah. we, we were so naive. Like, you know, we're talking about showing players outside. In that pre-season game, we were basically just showing him inside and he was like... <laughs> he, he's, yeah. a, he's a patchy player, Dries, mate, and he always has been through his career at the moment. He's gone through a massive purple patch, though. Yeah. Just every touches, turns to goals. Was it Napoli that Robertson kept struggling against? Or was that at Barcelona? I remember there was a team we played away in yeah, Europe yeah, twice. Yeah, well, well, Robertson th- struggled in both legs or both games. I, d- I don't know if you played them away in Europe. Last season twice, but he, he definitely struggled three. last year because yeah. they just down the sides they they have they have wide players who are really quick and yeah, and again because of the dynamic up. movement through the midfield I think he was getting sucked inside and then he was just pinging it wide and he was, he was just felt like he was mm. you know out of position but I think like Teddy said alluded to before I think it was more a consequence of the fact that your midfield didn't deal with theirs and your full backs ends up getting sucked into yeah, a the battle shape just got I- lost. inside yeah, then yeah, which, yeah. which meant there was space on the outside but no I, I'm I'm actually looking forward to watching that game just because I think you you might have problems against them I think they might be it the type of team that'll make you a bit more leggy and, and, and really pushes. Mm. Um, and again, it's a f- for the neutral, it, it's yeah. good to have the Champions League back, fill that, fill that midfield void. And yeah. we're and not we, we've obviously like got a big game coming up against Chelsea after that at the weekend, so it is a case of 
what teams do we go with here and stuff like that. So yeah, but uh, you know, I, I Scott, you can't play your best team in every one of them games in, in twenty one days. Surely out of the two, surely out of the two games, considering that a lot what of some of your players. It's got to be it's Chelsea, hasn't it? Well, the first game of the Champions League, if you lose it... But like Terry said, win this game, you're, ba- you're virtually through. So you could say, well, we'll rest players in the late, in other group games. Chelsea have just come off the back of a 5-2 yeah. win away at Wolves. Sure, yeah. It looks like Lampard has actually found a bit of a formula playing yeah. a back three. He only yeah. done it to match up Wolves. Yeah. Mm. But he subsequently you know, stumbled across something, which which might be, yeah. again, a, a bit of a master show. Yeah. Mm. Well, we'll see yeah. what the line-up is, but, but I think you could see a surprise. Such as? But just someone from the away from the original from the so who might it be? Mm. Um, where, where, where would you rest players? What what area of the pitch? I'm trying to think where it won't cost us. Maybe in the forward line somewhere, but <laughs> maybe bring Shakiri on for. Well, kicked the ball. Be, I, all, I wouldn't like to see. Uh, we're severely weakened when we make any <coughs> changes, really. But you can't play the starting eleven in in, well, I, I in every one of them games in twenty one days. Well, no, but I, I, I still think it's midfield where we'll see all of the rotation, and, and you know that's what I think is well, the biggest ask in our team. In. No one's bothered, are they? You can see that. Yeah, but again, but where? Like this is the, you know, if I look at it now, it's Fabinho, Wijnaldum, and Henderson is the, the midfield that I'd probably say. But you know, is he there could a chance come in that for Wijnaldum or Henderson? But then it becomes a Fabinho, Milner, and Henderson midfield, and that I don't think is what I want to see. No. That that's the worry because it, mm-hmm. it becomes a, you know. A, Almost, uh, uh, this is the wrong, like, doesn't want this to sound disparaging, but it becomes a functional sort of industrious midfield, I think, where there's a lot of a lot of hard work and a lot of solid tackling and a lot of, like, busyness, but not necessarily that sort of control that I think you get with, like, a Juan Aldum alongside a Fabinho. And I don't know, just, just I, if it was Milner, Henderson and Fabinho, I'd be less keen on that than Fabinho, Juan Aldum and Henderson or Fabinho, Juan Aldum and Milner. I, d- I don't really think I want to see Milner and Henderson together. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely. we'll see what happens. But I, I, for me, I'd, I'd go full strength against Napoli because <laughs> I think it's such. A, if you get them three points, as I say, in that game, and then you've got your three home games, you know, which we, sh- as I say, we should take seven points out of. Yeah. You know, touch wood yeah. without sounding too thingy about it. There's ten points on the board, and that's you know what they say is the benchmark. To, to sort I would resolve that. Going into this run, we game one, we've rested a few players there. The next two games, go full strength, the big games, and then see where everyone's at, see where the fatigue's setting in, see who's not quite performing at 100%, yeah, and then yeah. make your decisions about who you're going to rest in in, some, in the later games. Mm. Looking at an Napoli perspective, though, with the results that they've had recently, I feel like they might go in with a bit of caution, but then a bit of confidence, because, look, you're a really good team, but Napoli... <laughs> I'm sorry. Alfie's mum just gave him a look. <laughs> Don't say Liverpool are a good team. <laughs> yeah, but like, you, but Napoli, they're arguably the second best team in Italy, and it could be the best team in Italy if you if you if look at the wobble that Juventus seems to be having. Yeah, but yeah. if Juventus were taken out of the equation, then they would be the best team mm. in Italy. But with, but Napoli can't really compete with that because of the amount of money that Juventus can mm. just splash on. Like look at Ronaldo for a hundred now, <coughs> Delict for sixty five or something crazy yeah. like that. But Napoli with the front three of Mertens, Insigne, and Herving Lozano, and then with the midfield of like Zielinski, Allen, and mm-hmm. then just 
some they, they've got every reason to be confident yeah. with the players they've got coming at know, home at home as well against Absolutely, Liverpool, yeah. and they play with that confidence. Also with Anche- Ancelotti as a manager, he's a good manager, exactly, but yeah. it's whether they can perform under the pressure because they'll want to get out of the group stage. Who have you got in your group? You've got Salzburg. And so, uh, Salzburg, so it's Napoli, Salzburg, and obviously the the FC Genk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. you're they're both expected to get out of that group, but it's whether Napoli can perform. I, th- I think that's where it plays into Liverpool's hands, if I'm honest, because Napoli know that unlike last time when you had PSG and yeah. you, they know the beaten news isn't isn't the be all and end all. They just have to beat the other two sides home and away. Yeah. And they're through. Do you know what I mean? So they can kinda go, well, let's go toe to toe with Liverpool, but we maybe don't have to expend as much. Both teams will take a draw. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and because they both know that, I wonder if we'll see a bit of a lackluster game. I don't know. Mm. I don't know Possibly. what to expect. Possibly. We'll go on, Phil. Inevitably. Sorry. With the other two teams, they're gonna be thinking that they've got the smallest of chance. Because realistically they're only going to get like three points. The thing is about the, the, the two other, Genk and Salzburg, they're going to go for it against Liverpool and Napoli. And when, when, when a team's like not expected to, to do anything, maybe a bit kind of the way Norwich were against City, you never know. They can just throw, take it as a, a shot to Nottingham and just, and just you know, go, go for it. So they could be dangerous, but you're asking me for a prediction. Prediction, there, yeah, I was going to say, but yeah. I'm going to say... Um, Feel it'll either be two all or two one Liverpool. You've got to go one or the other. You can't have two hits at this. <laughs> there's no, there's two no, there's the yeah. Two on the pool. Sorry. Who? Um, I'm gonna go two on the pool as well. Yeah. Okay. Confidence. Al- yeah. <laughs> Alfie, you were down. European champions, Alfie. Got to oh. be confident, Alfie, haven't you? Alfie was down across the park live with Neville Southall. We had an Everton night, and we've got a Liverpool yeah. night coming up as well. Right, Reds. You've been asking about a live Liverpool event, and it's time we delivered. Across the Park Live for Liverpool fans is now here. An evening with one of Liverpool's finest strikers and local legend, John Aldridge. From non-league football to being a part of the attack and one of the greatest sides in Liverpool's history and English football in general, John's lived every boiled Reds dream. Join us as we sit down with Aldo in the shadow of Anfield at the Church Pub on Oakfield Road to discuss his career, the highs, the lows, the inside stories from one of Liverpool FC's best-loved players. The evening itself is hosted by Neil Fitzmorris, a star of stage and screen and one of Liverpool's favourite comedians and actors. Tickets are priced at £35 and are available now on the website at acrosstheparkpodcast.co.uk. Alternatively, you can get them behind the bar at the Church Pub on Oakfield Road. Each ticket includes a hot and cold buffy, a free drink on arrival and there'll also be a raffle with some great prizes available. Tickets are limited in availability, so make sure you act fast so that you don't miss out. We look forward to seeing you there on the night. Big thanks to Joe Liverpool for providing um, some food for the for the lads this day, this evening. JoeLiverpool.co.uk. Put your postcode in, see if you're eligible to get a, a delivery. It was if delicious. Not, get down there, Alfie. Yeah, delicious or what? Or, or if you're Alfie, you've now got a, you've now got a gold pass, and you can just walk in the, the restaurants anytime <laughs> and get a few pizza, yeah. apparently. <laughs> All right, let's let's go back to the Blues, Alfie. We've got Sheffield United at home on Saturday. Um, before the Bournemouth game, I would have said not a problem. But I look at it now that they're they're going to look at coming to Goodison maybe as as they could do Evan. I'm not looking at the bumped game. I'm looking at the Villa game because we were expected to win that by a fine margin. There's another one, yeah. But then if you think, didn't I'm sure Bournemouth drew with Sheffield United. Yeah, they did first game. Sheffield United got got a late equaliser at Bournemouth. And if we lose to Bournemouth, that means that we're probably going to win. 
Using that, that. That also means that Norwich are going to win the league as well, though. So yeah. <laughs> no, Fair no, enough. I know what you're getting. At. I know what you're getting. At. I think it's if, if you measure it based on the teams we played, it, it's going to be a tough game for us. And equally, Sheffield United have got a degree of, I suppose, momentum in, in the sense that the. They're still new teams in the league. Every every time they go to a new ground, it's it's party time for them, isn't it? It's just a chance yeah. for them to go and, you know, prove someone wrong. The one I, of them well. teams that are just happy to be there. Yeah, yeah, but I think they're going to look at Everton, especially after the Aston Villa game, like you said, they're out for you in the Bournemouth game. They're going to look at Everton as as a possible chance to go and get some bonus points. Whereas a few at the start of the season, when you've seen this run, the start of the season, they probably looked at Everton as you know were unlikely to get something there. I think that swayed a little bit now, and that that makes it a very very difficult game for me. With the three promoted sides, I reckon that they're gonna all do something like um, the three promoted sides last season. One of them will go down in Abbots, like most likely um, she- Sheffield United. Villa. Don't be saying that, Alfie, just before we play them. <laughs> I know. <laughs> touch wood, touch wood, touch wood. Like no, I, I, know, I know you're getting out of here. Like, like Fulham are almost a, a like Villa, aren't they? Because they've spent a lot of money yeah. and turns over a lot of players. Um, and, and you do tend to get that pattern, and then one of the, one of the promoted teams tends to surprise us, don't they? Yeah. All and the then. Time. I feel like, I feel like, with Villa, I don't think they'll go straight down. I feel like they'll do what Huddersfield did. Stick around for the season yeah. and then maybe go the second season. I, yeah. I, I actually think the promoted side will do all right this year. To be honest, I, I mean they're all footballing teams, and to be honest, it's normally when they come up they struggle to score goals. But Norwich are scoring goals. Sheffield Chef, United, Chef United are the one are the ones out of all. Maybe. If I'm honest, and I shouldn't be saying this, like I've just uh, had to go with Alfie for saying it, but I think they're the ones who look like they haven't got as many goals in them. As no, the other granted, teams. but what the good on is like things like they've got some goal scoring. Like centre backs and stuff like that, they're, they're like on set, on set pieces and things, and and if they can get some of them right, at sometimes like the, well, the promoted they'll, they'll side have some focus against on them. Those from set pieces, well, that's this, for is, sure, this yeah. is the thing, you know. Th- th- but they are still, a, you know, a reasonably good football inside. Like last last season, they weren't playing. They, they don't come up and play like you know, industrial football, booting it long and all that. Too. They, they, they do try and play. So, I think some of the you know some of the promoted sides. I look around some of the Premier League teams. That with that obviously are there from last season. I think there's there's a couple of others that have got problems, Palace and stuff like that, where they might end up getting sucked into it. You know what I mean? I, I actually think Sheffield United might do okay. I'm not saying they're going to get right up the table. Set pieces, Jaggy Elke, Baxter. He hasn't played much for them, to be fair. Oh, yeah, oh, exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. My mum just pointed out to me. She said that yesterday Sheffield United's striker got sent off. Yeah, Billy so Sharp. Yeah, yeah. So he's missing. Was oh, it? He's missing the game. Yeah, it's, it's a good point. It, Billy Sharp has, has been their talisman for years. He, he hasn't really played that much football this season, and I think it was a bit of a frustrated one where he's come on and he's trying to make a mark, and he's he's made a mark in the wrong way. But no, yeah. it's a good point. There's going to be some kid on loan from Liverpool who's going to step in and score now instead, <laughs> isn't there? Oh my! John Lundstrom. That's a story. Probably obviously, former former Everton uh, youth team player, and and. and Plays alongside Ross Barkley. They were they were tipped to both come in and, and feature for the first team. But John Lundstrom's established himself in the in the midfield and on the bench of our fantasy football team as well. Yeah. So yeah. so he'll be getting dropped next week. Would you what? be looking to make any changes to the fantasy football team? Or no, to Ev- Everton's <laughs> team, Sati. Andrew um, Gomez, does he walk back in? I would. Uh, I would make. Sl- I'd make a l- quite a few changes. So what would you do? I'd probably go Pickford and go. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously. We've got our um, Luca, Luca doing that left mm. back, but then there's the argument Baines 
because it's one of them games that Baines would probably put a shift in, especially when it's like Jags. You mean maybe a chance for, to rest them? He's played a few games for yeah. France as well. Because I feel like it would be like it would be so n- nice if Baines play, plays because then Jackie Alka's on the other team. So, so we want to try and get away from that as well, love, and just be in the nice club, just yeah. giving them a game, just because it's you know against Sheffield United and, and yeah. And but it, then I feel like I feel like having Baines on would also help because we've got. Bit more Big experience, yeah. yeah. No, that's a good point. And then I'd also probably keep the same, t- like centre the r- same centre backs, and then also keep Coleman. And then midfield's probably where we're going to start to experiment. We're prob we're probably going to have Gomez, um, like as a CDM. But then I think we might play like. A defensive mid, and then two attacking mids. Okay. A so Delta, you Delph will come out the team for you then. Yeah. Okay. Probably a Wobie and Sigurdsson. Yeah. And then have Bernard on the left, Richardson on the right, and Moise King up top. I think, I, think a lo- I think a lot of a lot of Everton fans would be would be uh, would be licking the lips at that. To be fair, I think um, the changes he made towards the end might be a clue as to where he might go for the next game. He took Sigurdsson off, which he doesn't do very often, for one. Um, I don't think Sigurdsson had the worst game, but equally, I don't think he had uh, the most effective game either. I think he was a bit frustrated with the, again, like he was with some of the players with the final ball. There was a ball mm-hmm. that he overhit down the right, you know, where he, we had a bit of a breakaway that he could have played with Charleston in. Nobody was effective against Bowman. No, Bowen. no, no. I, I, I don't know. I, I think Wobie's had a decent game in there. I think, I think Richarlison at times still looked like he, he could pop up with something, but. Again, it's that it's that inconsistency. We can get you, from can you drop Calvert Lewin now? He's just scores. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cheers, Two one one. No. Uh, yeah. It, it's it was nice to see him get a goal, and it was like Duncan esque where he's rose and scored. We haven't really spoken much about that at all. It was a it was a great ball from Richarlison, which is what I was getting at there. I mean, on another day, Richarlison could have had a, a goal from thirty yards, which is which is hit the bar, hmm. and and he set the other one up, and we could have been two one up at half time, and, and we're looking at a completely different. Uh, outcome in, uh, at the end of that game. No, I, I think it's not a bad show for Malfi to be fair in putting Nwobi into that centre because he he looked the player more likely to to be you know he was drifting into those central areas. I, I, I keep thinking back and I know it's it's we've already went went over the, that Bournemouth game, but they looked really fluid in the first twenty minutes of that game today. As in Sigurdsson drifting over to the right. Wobie's popping up in the middle, Richarlison on the left. I think they're starting to develop a, a bit of chemistry in there. Um, so I wouldn't be too surprised to see them. Do you know, um, last week's episode shows, you were sort of highlighting the, the aerial threat of a Wobie. Yeah. Um, have Everton looked to utilise that today? And do you think that, and will you look to utilise no, no, that next no, week? No, because you, before, before you answer that, sorry, did you just say episode? Did I? Episode. Episode. Steve McLaren. Has he got the Steve McLaren baton from me? Episode. Our European <laughs> listeners are benefiting from Phil. No, oh, sorry, I, I, th- I think I think one Bournemouth are particularly strong in the air anyway, so I don't think it was ever going to be. Oh, let's let's try and target Bournemouth in the wrong air. Wrong game. Yeah, the wrong game. I'd, and and the other thing is the delivery from the wide areas wasn't good enough to even to expose anyone in in that sense today. Um, he's got a lot of strings to his bow. What was he saying? A uh, Wobie, and I think he'd be the one one of the first names on that team sheet already. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the Richarlison thing plays out because. As, as, as you rightfully said before, he has a bit of a spat when he came off and didn't look too pleased to, to be coming off. But again, he'd been guilty of a few uh, wasted opportunities just before that, which is why he was taking off. I think we talked about that off here, you know. Um, what, 
Of are course, worried, are you worried about that, that little spot? That Not Charles really, no. I, I think he's a player who's come off the back of playing for Brazil for a couple of games. He, 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 he maybe felt on another day as though he could have got a goal himself. He set up a goal in the first half. I think he's always a player where you can get something out of. And I think in his mind, he's thinking, what's Walcott going to do? So you're taking me off and you're bringing so Walcott on a nice one. Was he frustrated you? with himself, the manager? A little, bit of, a little bit of everything, I think. Yeah. I, th- I think he's frustrated to have been in that situation of us being 3-1 down, yeah. considering where we are in the first half. Frustrated the <laughs> fact he just missed the chance himself yeah. a couple of minutes early. And also frustrated to see Walcott coming on. Like yeah. going. No, when was the last that. time he scored? I I'd, I'd rather him do that than turn around and clap at the fans and you know all that. I'd rather him be, be visibly upset by yeah. what's what's going on. I feel like um, Luca Dean, he played a million times better when Bernard came on. That's the reason why I think he should probably start next game. It's a good point, yeah. He does get the best out of uh, yeah. Dean, doesn't he, Bernard? And then also going on to like Bournemouth, most teams underestimate them. Like, Chelsea completely underestimated them last season. They lost 4-0. Mm-hmm, yeah. do, th- like, do you think that's when we have a problem then with uh, us when we're playing against teams that we're not maybe expected, you know, yeah. that we're expecting to beat and we may, maybe the players underestimate them, don't give enough? But also, going on back to Roby, I feel like we could have gone them cheaper, but I feel like Marcel Brand sort of panicked because... We had like three hours left on deadline yeah. day. Like the way Marcel Brands does his deals, like we got Moise Keane for something like twenty three million or yeah. something crease like that. And Juventus wanted thirty million with a buyback clause. It's just incredible how we can do that. And then I feel like we could have got a Ruby for about half that. I think, I think what you're saying there, that was so late, wasn't it? And we needed another attacking player in there. I mean, let's look at it now. If we wouldn't have brought him in, we could be looking at a team that's only got three or four points from, from the first few games of mine, yeah. seven. So it, you're right. He's got a lot of good value in the, in the past there, Brands. But I think in the case of a Wobie, it looks like good business for the for the money he's paid. But to the to the Sheffield United game, I think I think you've, it's a good point, Alfie. I think bringing Bernard in might get the best of Dinier again, and and we can't underestimate how important Dinier was to us last season with his assists. And and it, it's got to be noted that he hasn't quite been like Alfie said at his best w- without Bernard. So that might be coming to Silver's thinking. You've got to think that if Bernard does come back in. It is have to be it would have to be Sigurdsson making yeah. way, wouldn't it, at the moment? Because Bernard's getting sorry, Richarlison's getting goals and assists. Sigurdsson isn't. Mm. Look, I think Bernard has to come into this team. They have to work him into the team because he makes us play better football. We're more of a threat. You see now, if you rightly said there, the last ten minutes of the Bournemouth game today, Dean was released two or three times mm. based on Bernard's clever play, and Bernard even cut inside and had a shot. And yeah. You know, Awobi, he's been a really big plus for us, but he seems to be very different to Bernard, where he, where he wants to be on the end of the product, whereas Bernard's happy to be sort of the one creating it. Which is you fine, know? Yeah. yeah. so I think we really need to get him in. We're missing something without him, I think. So, so, you, so <coughs> it, it seems like we're all, we've all kind of talked ourselves into, potentially, I know Alfie's going with the potential of Awobi and Sigurdsson playing, but if anyone misses out, do you think it's going to be Sigurdsson? Pro- Sigurdsson or Delph. Like because I feel like we could make way for either of them because there's good shouts for both of them being yeah. in the team, but then there's also good shouts for both of them th- not being in the team. I think the argument might be for Delph is that he's at least we've got to have someone in there who can who can kind of carry the the mantle from a defensive perspective in terms of the tackling. You know, even picking up yellow cards, you need someone in there like Guy was last year who, who's not afraid <coughs> to kick people, do the little sly fouls. 
Yeah, and, and, and to kind of keep us balanced in the defensive side. And I suppose with Sigton being on the bench, it gives us an option to change the game as well. So, predictions, Mills? 2-0 to Everton. Alfie? Um, Go on, 5, uh, 4, 2-1. To Everton? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just checking. I'm going to go... I'm gonna go four one. I fancy us, fancy, for the, I fancy it to come together for us, um, and I, I fancy us to put a few more away than, than we than we should have done today. And I don't think trying to lift the spirits of the listeners. Yeah, Can I just <laughs> I'm trying to lift my own spirits, Phil. <laughs> I don't try and walk what out here. What are all of your thoughts on Sadiba, based on the performance he had against Lincoln? Personally, I don't think he was very like good. I really want him to do well because of how much potential he has, and also. We've got a World Cup winner, which just fills it a lot. It's good to more. have someone who, who wins, isn't it? In there as well. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I think um, he reminds me a little bit too much of Cujo Martina, if I'm honest. Oh but God. but that that's one performance, and it's one performance in a, in a League Cup game against the lower league side in a team that have been kind of, not thrown together, but there have been a lot of changes in there. Again, w- w- I'd like to think that he can ably deputise, but he's only going to be able to do that if he gets games. And I don't know when them games are going to come. When you're not winning games, it's hard to consider taking experienced players out of the side. Isn't he's it? the captain, Coleman, as well. As yeah. you've said there, he's the captain. It's very hard, regardless of form, to drop mm. the captain. And meanwhile, John, John Joe, John Joe Kenny's getting young player of the month in the Bundesliga. Yeah. It's <laughs> proper Everton, isn't it? Scoring worldies from thirty yards out. Proper Everton. So, it, so we're predicting three, three victories there. Really tough game for you, on Well, really tough game. It's a, it's a team that are. In good form, um, not not as good form as you's, but a team, a young side, um, and and a team probably we we talked about teams that are maybe not, a, you know, people aren't expecting as much of Chelsea and Lampard seem to have been given a bit of a a pass, don't they, this I year in terms of in terms of what's expected of them this season? Mm. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's one of them, isn't it? With Chelsea, I, I think he was always going to get given a little bit of time or he had to be given a little bit of time you know Lampard's come in there and it was it felt like it was a club in a little bit of turmoil wasn't it um so it was you know I think anyone in the right mind sort of knows it's a tough job it's a tough job for a manager who's only got a year or so under his belt do you think that you know, United um, game helped him it sort of exposed like potential naiveties in it uh, maybe and, g- and gave them like maybe a, a because it's like side. yeah but maybe give them a kick up the backside and maybe made a couple of the fans think you know you know, this is where we're at at the moment, you know. So it yeah. maybe it did, maybe it did help. Just sort of put you know a bit of reality in a few people's minds. Yeah. But but no, I mean it, it, it hasn't been all bad for them. You know, no. they've started to sort. Of, you know, Judge you mentioned it before. He, he he went with three at the back, um, and it sort of started to maybe arrive at a little bit of a pattern of play that away. But it's very early days. If he's instituting a three at the back. You know, them players aren't used to playing that way. It's a very new system. Three and all the back that. against Liverpool's almost suicide. Exactly, in my eyes. exactly. <laughs> and then you put that up against us, and, and with our front three, it's like, well, yeah. you know, all you're doing. You, in in theory, you'd think it, it might sort of offer a little bit more down the flanks to sort of stop Trent and, and Robertson getting forward, but you're giving the away midfield hit. The, the other thing as well, Salah operate there. Yeah, the other thing is his centre backs. He's really struggled with with Christiansen and, and Zuma, you know, as, yeah. as a pair. And I know Stoke tried to do it a few years ago by just trying to accommodate or trying to get the best out of Zuma by playing a, a back three. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, d- I don't know if he's. But I mean, let's be honest. He was just doing it to match up Wolves the other day, yeah. but it does seem to have worked. Albeit, he still conceded two goals against 
yeah. a Wolves side that didn't play very well on the day. So that that doesn't fill you with optimism if you're a, if you're a Chelsea fan if you can see two goals against Wolves on a bad day for them. Yeah, I mean we done it a bit under Rodgers, didn't we? And we, we we're the, the spacing behind uh, the fullbacks who are normally pressed up high in a three-five-two. That's where Salah and Mane operate. But that's where they operate, and I think in Robertson and Trent. While she might stop them bombing forward, they've got the quality to deliver them diagonal balls into yeah. them areas. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's like you might stop Trent getting forward and putting crosses in as such, but yeah. you're not going to stop him putting diagonals in behind your your, your wing backs. Yeah, exactly. And and as you say, you know you've got All them with Marnie and Salah as well. So yeah, <laughs> so yeah, I, I, but it's a tricky game. You know, it, it it's one of them where it's Kante fit. I don't think he is, you know. I, I, didn't, I, I don't is he think not? he is. I don't believe he is. Um, I might be wrong here, but... Yeah, I mean, he's, he's absolutely play, crucial, isn't he? He plays well against Liverpool, him. He plays well against everyone, mate. Lampard knows how to use his no more so than... Well, no, yeah. he didn't play yesterday, uh, and he wasn't... Yeah, if he doesn't play, he's not fit, is he? He will play. He's the first name yeah. on the team. Going so he does. back to Zuma, do you reckon he will put in a performance after having... Played for Everson. Hopefully, hopefully he's got an edge. <laughs> yeah, <so>. because <laughs> hopefully he's got an edge against. <laughs> because I feel like with being a former Everton player, I'm sure that he wants to come back. Seeing the way that he's been performing recently, mm. as do, if that do he you want him back at the way he's been performing recently? I feel like he's only like doing it to try and force through a move. <laughs> I hope so. This because is, didn't he put in a transfer request or wasn't it confirmed? I think he he publicly said that he, he'd like to come back. Everton, but he, he also didn't want to disrespect Frank Lampard because yeah. he was his teammate. So there's they're obviously got a relationship. I'd, I'd love this to be a conspiracy, and he's doing this yeah. on purpose. But uh. you better stop doing it on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> no, there might be an, a, an, an extra edge for Zuma, but one man's not going to stop yeah. our front three, even if he plays out of his skin. Um, but yeah, it, again, no, it, it's just it's the question of who's going to play and, and and the rotation and. Well, it's hard to know, isn't it? Like until you've seen the lineup on Wednesday, because yeah. as as you say, you know anything could happen on Wednesday. You could get injuries and anything, so it, it's a yeah. difficult one. But I just to make it clear, in the past, Gary's refused to do predictions on the game after there's a game in midfield. He's going to do that in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't even predict you know the what? team. I'm not predicting. Yeah, with the first few times I saw Chelsea without Hazard, I thought they've got nothing. When we played them to the mean in the Super Cup, and I was like. As well as they can knock it about and all that, we're not worried. They've got absolutely no threat in behind. So, but obviously they've improved since then. But I, I'm not. I'm just not worried about them. You know, in the final third. Mm, I, I think that's a bit a, a bit naive to say you're not worried about them. They have still got some good players. You know, they got the young American lad who they signed from Dortmund. I can't even think of his name. Pulisic. Pulisic. Yeah, he's he's you know he's a, he looked dangerous when we played them in the Super Cup. You know, he absolutely did. So. There are some players there. I mean, I think he, he there's still an element of you know inexperience in him and, and stuff. And you know, you'd say like the finished art. He's not the finished article, but he's got lightning pace. He's got great feet. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he's going to be up against Trent probably at right back. So you know, if yeah, he, but who's their central? Who's their goal scoring threat? Tommy well, Abraham. Tommy Abraham's got Abraham's yeah. goal. He's got six already. Like right. <laughs> Giroud. Is Giroud fit? Yeah. Well, yeah. Giroud come off, come off the bench. Like. And you know, I hope that Van Dijk and, and Matip. Canandos is rude, but if he fancies I was thinking Drew and Pedro, I forgot about Abraham's actually. Yeah. And Pedro's another one, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, so there, 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 there are some players there who can hate you. You know, I think it'd be wrong to take them lightly and, and sort of, you know, basically say that they're a finished side and, and we can expect to just go to their place and, 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 and demolish them. You know what I mean? But 
at the same time, I, I know what you're saying. Like, if Lampard employs the tactics he's been employing of, in the last couple of games, I think that sort of plays into our hands a little bit. Mm. I don't know whether the Super Cup final offers anything because they probably were quite happy with their performance in that. You know, so they maybe think that they can compete against us and take the game to us. And will that play into our hands or not? You know, I yeah. felt like we were a bit zapped in that Super Cup final and looked yeah. leggy, but yeah. I feel now we look a bit more energised and fresh, you know, like the, the front three and stuff. And I just wonder, like, will that encourage them to be a bit more expansive and then that might just you know because th- that was what hurt them against Man U weren't it yeah they, they tried to go too much at Man U and then got and just got caught yeah, out and, and I hope they do yeah so we with them being at home you know that might be the, the pattern of it where where they feel that they can take the game to Liverpool a little bit more and, and it opens up them spaces and you know then we, we should have the players I'd, I'd think anyway to be able to capitalise on that yeah no I agree but mm. uh, no without Hazard though I'm, I'm going to predict Liverpool are comfortable win to be <coughs> honest I don't see Chelsea being as good as they were last season Go on. and I weren't worried about them last season so I'm going to say 3-0 3-0 wow 3-0 wow gladly um, and I, I think talk about us but like trying to talk ourselves up be a bit more positive I mean Liverpool are on fire at the moment yeah. and Chelsea, Chelsea don't, don't really impress me or f- no, worry I, I, me I, I, I'm no, not dismissing like there's some good players I can understand but it, you know. Van Dijk you need more than it, like a, a couple of good players no, I, 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 really? Chelsea are a good team, and then 3 0. I'm well, surprised with that. We're understand. used to it, Alfie. We're I used to it with them. I can understand where Phil's coming from. I can understand where Phil's coming no. from. I'm not going to be <laughs> as bullish as that. I think 3 0 is maybe a little bit ambitious. I, I, you know, I'm probably. I, I, expect, I expect us to win. Um, I'm going to say 2 1 again. Same as the midweek Champions League game. And we'll, from pull our, we'll, we'll put our predictions on Instagram. We've got an Instagram across the park PC. So Alfie's going to put his on there for the Everton Sheffield United game as well. So anyone who's who wants to join in on Instagram, put your scores under. Listeners, you've noticed we've got a very special guest this week. Um, Alfie from Alfie's Squad doing some amazing charity work. Please go onto the Google machine, type Alfie's Squad and or go on Twitter, Alfie's Squad. Do some amazing work. Alfie, do you want to tell us about the charity work that you're currently doing? So Alfie Squad is a fundraising um program within Everton in the community. Mm-hmm. Or whatever it's got whatever the yeah, proper right, yeah. title is. Everton in the community is down at the hub, isn't it? And there's gonna be a facility there that you're yeah. helping get set up. Yeah, but it's to help young people who have um lost a parent or like guardian or whoever to suicide mm. because of own experiences mm-hmm. with myself I've there's just no help and uh, like so we decided to create Alfie Squad to then help people because it's so hard so mm. yeah no, it's, it's, it's amazing what you're doing what made you get Everton involved I see you've got a big massive Everton shirt on today was it as simple as you just you looked at Everton for to help you out with this it's because all of the community work they do because they have like the the homeless sleepovers at Goodison, mm. so I feel like that was one of the big points that made me want to turn to Everton. I didn't know that they did so much with mental health, especially with the fact I was eight. Mm. Being ten now, I've realised how many people suffer from it, and I just don't like understand why nobody took action because to get group support me and my mum we had to set one up yeah and that's just not right 
Yeah, Ever- Everton has a club do a lot, don't they? And, and Everton in the community in particular have, have had awards before in the past. And I think it, it's great that, as a, as a fan, even as a young fan, you've identified that you feel as though, you know, Everton in the community and the club have had their arms open almost, and it's something you can approach. And it and it's gave you know, yourself and your mum the strength to to create this as well. And and it's look, it's a great, it's, a, it's an absolutely amazing thing that that you've you, you've done together with your mum and and. Um, you know, it's. I'm, I'm sure it's given a lot of people out there inspiration, and we continue to do so. So, you know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm full of admiration for that. Well, I believe you had some special guests down at your school, didn't you, as well? Yes. <laughs> Who was that? Um, let's start off with Good Morning Brain. Yeah. They wow. came, and we had a few other TV studios like B- the BBC, Granada Reports. A couple of Everton players came down, didn't they? Someone told me. Michael Keane and Theo Walker came wow, down. Wow, really? Amazing. And that was recorded by um, Everton Football Club. It's on their YouTube yeah. channels. If, if you type that on YouTube, you'll see Alfie playing all sorts of games with, with Michael Keane and Theo Walcott. I bet you yeah. were very popular with your friends that week in school. <laughs> our class is about 20, so everyone... on. <laughs> it's just funny how small our school is and how much... And how many people know about it now. Hmm. Because of what has happened, we've got 23 people in our class. And then that was from April or somewhere around then when we had about 20. So it was just such a big experience for not only me, but everyone else in my class. Because they've had, none of us have had that much exposure to so many different cameras. Mm-hmm. I still <laughs> <laughs> now. Can you get them down here? <laughs> <laughs> We've been trying to get that much exposure for like yeah. two years and haven't got nowhere. No one comes near us. So how pleasing is Alfie now? You, you said that looking back a few years ago, you, you, you didn't feel there was many places for you to go. Now because of you, there is somewhere for people to go. How, how pleased are you with that? Extremely. There's no way you can like explain how happy I am. Especially with the fact that everything's that everything's happened to me, hmm. because in school there's about 150 people, and like th- three years ago when it, well, almost three years ago, and it's wow, hmm. um, that my dad passed. Like around that time, one person, one other person in the entire school had lost a parent. And then that person was, like, the the person, her, his mum had died and his mum was my assistant teacher. Nice. So that was a big experience for everyone in the school because it was a teacher there and also it was so hard for the kids. I think that was the f- one of the first times the school has ever experienced something like that. Hmm. So I had no help, like especially with like suicide because it's not often that somebody does it. And then, like me, my dad lost his dad, and my dad didn't open up. Right, yeah. He just kept quiet. And the great work you're doing now. 
is going to help other people. Yeah. It's it's amazing. Since we've joined joined the squad, you were down across the park live, and your mum gave us all badges. We've said on our show many times, we're so proud of what you're doing. We've asked your mum how we can help. One thing we're not doing is jumping out of an aeroplane. Is someone else doing that? Have you got <laughs> someone else lined up for that? Yeah, we've got um, Josh from Run Corner Lennox. Um, he, we've met him before because when I was playing for Witness, Runcorn Leonard were playing Witness like the professionals, like well, semi-professionals. Um, they were playing each other, and we got because of Alfie's got my whole team, and the other Witness team from my age got to go down to them, and like we got to watch, th- we got to watch the match. And we were mascot. Alright, And um, that was all thanks to Josh, yeah. who set it all up for us. It was just such an incredible experience, and especially for my teammates. Um, I feel it's just, just, I don't know how to put it with the way that there's people that are jumping out of a plane for me because the amount of times I feel like why because I feel like what I've done it's not reached its full potential yet and I don't understand why if this is happening now I expected it to happen later on because of the amount of exposure it's had it's just mental and I don't it's kind of hard for me to understand and like sometimes it just gets like when I did the Good Morning Britain interview, I was shaking because if I'm not used to it. It's like one of them yeah. things that you just, you're like, what am I supposed to do? I've never done this before. <laughs> do I want to be here? Yeah. <laughs> but I, th- I think, you, you know, you, you've just shown on this podcast tonight that, you know, that you've got the confidence and, and, and the character to be able to do something like that. And it's amazing that someone your age is able to stand in front of a camera and talk to it and talk about these really know hard emotions and, and things to that you know that are, that are difficult for us as, as adults to talk about and and you're doing amazing work Alfie standing there in front of that camera and, and you know you created this foundation this charity and as Millsy says there you, you know you're giving other other people who are, ex- who are affected by it you're giving them the sort of confidence you know and the strength to go to talk about these things and that they're experience so I think you you know for, for a young man your age I think you should be very very proud and your yeah. mum as well you know I mean you, you, uh, Take take me out of here. Absolutely amazing, mate. Do, do you know what's Thanks. even more powerful as well is that you're you're now giving that message to all your friends who are younger who are now going to grow up with that same attitude that actually things can happen in your life and you can turn it into a positive and that's something that in our generation, like Terry was getting out there, we we wouldn't have known what to do because people when we were younger wouldn't have maybe had that same opportunity to to do things that you've done. You've used the power of social media mm. to your advantage and and you and technology if you like so. It's just so hard because loads of my friends just went so quiet. Yeah. Like, for the first month, I've nobody really said anything to me, and it was just so hard. For the whole of year four, I felt so alone. Mm-hmm. But because of you, other kids won't no. be alone. And you've, and yeah. you've, you've looked at that but You've looked at that problem, and you've turned it into something that's going to help other people now, which is absolutely amazing. That's just, like, it's good, and also it's, bad at the same time because with the fact that I'm helping other people like 
so much more is happening to prevent suicide. Where was that two or three years yeah. ago? Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. That could have saved my dad. Mm. Like, and then where was the help to two years ago? That could have made me feel better. Mm. But we're, we're so proud of what you're doing because you, you're being honest with us and you, uh, what you feel and you're still looking to help others. You could be going the other way. You could be saying, well, no, but you're, you're such such a brave boy and we're, we're really proud of you, what you're doing. It's, it's amazing. You need to look in the mirror and give yourself more credit, mate. You're, you're on Good Morning Britain and podcast because you're doing amazing, amazing things. Look, we don't tell our sponsors how many listeners we get because we've got to pay them more money, but there's a lot <laughs> of listeners right now. Do you want to tell them how to, how to donate and how to find you? Right, so you go onto Google if it lets me. Okay, there's no <laughs> point because I'm not on the internet. Um, Google Alfie Squad, or you can go onto Twitter and Google Alfie Squad, and they'll take you to the Alfie Squad Twitter page, Twitter page, and then you there'll be a link there and. There's a link on the bio, isn't it? And yeah. it'll take you to websites where you can you can donate, donate. Some, some money towards it. How much yeah. money should our listeners donate? Million? Two? <laughs> Come on, you may as well. We've got some listeners. Number um I'd say ten pounds will be if all listeners can go on and, and donate some money towards it. I mean, absolutely fantastic. Fantastic cause by a fantastic little boy and his mum. Guys, thanks for coming down to Across the Park Podcast. Have you enjoyed it? Yeah. You wanna come back? It feels weird, like with the fact that this is probably the first time I've went on something and I've been actually able to talk about football. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me so happy. It's just a shame it's uh, Everton lost, isn't it? Yeah. We'll, we'll have to get you back to Annie. going to come on next time we win? Probably. Okay. We'll so we'll hopefully next week. We'll take that as a yeah. <laughs> uh, guys, enjoy the week's football, the weekend's football. We're back next Monday night. Thanks.